I have a message that I think we're going to get to, but uh, before we have communion. But um, but first, I actually want to share with you um, a word, really, that God dropped in my spirit just last night. Uh, fresh bread for me, anyway. <laughs> I need fresh bread all the time. Um, and so this kind of goes in line with what Bill was just talking about, with what Suzanne was talking about, transition, Bill, you know, just the words that he was just sharing. And that is, if you're feeling like you're kind of um, at the end of the rope, if you're feeling like the end of your resources, like I've been doing all I know to do, and I don't know what else to do. This may be in your relationship with the Lord. It could be in your relationship with somebody that's important to you. It could be... Um, uh, finances, you know, just not knowing what you're going to do. It could be um, at work, you know, you don't have answers for things. Um, there's a lot of different ways in which we can feel like we're kind of, you know, at the end of ourselves. And um, so last night, really honestly, pretty uh, pretty supernaturally, Jesus, we were at the prayer gathering, and Jesus just brought me to a scripture, and it had a lot of life on it. Uh, there it goes. And, uh, oh, thanks, Russ. So I just want to preach down here tonight. <sighs> hey, thanks. You want to play or is that That's it? great. Perfect, perfect. Okay, a little bit higher. All right. Um, so I'm going to read something from Luke. Uh, chapter 5. This is where he took me last night. And I started, <clears throat> when, the, when the Lord, uh, more and more he's been been dropping scripture verses or, or just pulling me into something in scripture, even before I've read, read it, like I'm, he's just speaking to my heart and pulling me in. I just want to say to all of us, pay attention to those. Like in this case, I started reading it. I'm like, oh, this is really good. This is good. I like, oh, wow, this is good. And, and then, about 15 minutes later, we're up on our knees praying up front, and all of a sudden, boom, he takes the same word I just read and starts going in here and saying, this is for you. It wasn't just a cool word. It's really for you. And I want to say that when, you know, this, this, the word is alive and active. It's, um, I know it's the spirit that brings it to life. It's not just the words on a page. We get that. But there is something supernatural about what we have in front of us that we call the Bible. It didn't just get there by accident, and there's things that God is speaking through constantly through this. So I want to remind you of that, because I want to start stirring you up again if you haven't been in the Word, like, okay, Lord, bring me back there. Remember, just just even what Bill was saying, it's, it's, the, it's inviting the Lord to bring you back in. It's not beating yourself up. Resting is just saying, Lord, I want to be back in that place with you. I want to I want the word to be alive again. Ask him, and he will. So if you're feeling like you're at the end of yourself, the end of your resources, I want to I remind you of, of, us, of something that happened, a story that's in Scripture, Luke chapter 5. And it says, now it happened that Jesus was standing one day by the lake of Gennesaret with the crowd pressing around him, listening to the word of God. So here, pretty common scene. That is, Jesus, why were people so enthralled with him and with the word of God? I'll tell you why. Because Jesus knew the Father intimately. Anyone who's been around, anyone who's, 
who is around the Lord, suddenly they become very winsome. People want to be around them. I'm telling you, you know, it, the scriptures tell us that before it was, before, while it was still dark, every morning Jesus would get up just to be with the Father. That's why when he opened the scriptures, there was so much life flowing out of him. And people were saying, we don't know everything you're saying, but we like you and there's something that's making us feel good. We want to be around you. So here's this crowd gathering. And then it says, when Jesus is, he's, they're listening to the word. And then it says, when Jesus caught sight of two boats at the water's edge. So I never really like lived into this passage like I did this last yesterday. Like all of a sudden I just started noticing things I never noticed before. He's preaching, the crowds are around him, but all of a sudden he takes notice of a couple boats over there. That to me is the father. Like there are times when you're going to notice something that you weren't really thinking about. You know, all of a sudden he'll just highlight something. You're like, well, that's strange. Jesus just walks over to the boats. I just believe that was a kind of a word from the Father, you know, the, or a spirit nudge saying, there's something about that. So he walks over there, okay? It says, um, the fishermen had got out of those boats, and they were washing their nets. And just so you know, that means they were done. They were washing their nets. They're not going to wash their nets and go fishing again, not today. Uh, it says he got into, he went over to the boats, he got into one of the boats. It was Simon's. It was Simon Peter's. And this, by the way, is before before um, Simon and the others are following him. Okay, this is before all that. So he gets into he gets into the boat. It was Simon's, and he asked him. He asked Simon to put it out a little from the shore. Okay, and then he sat down and he taught the crowds from the boat. Well, that's pretty cool. Now he can see more people. He has a little space. And when he had finished speaking to, uh, he had said he said to Simon after he finished speaking, he said to Simon. Put out into the deep water and throw out your nets for a catch. And Simon replied, Master. And by the way, I, Simon did not, Simon Peter was not yet in that relationship where he knew Jesus as Lord and Savior. He's saying, he's basically saying, Sir, good sir. He's being, you know, honoring. Uh, we worked really hard all night long and we caught nothing. He's like saying, honestly, in our language, he'd be saying, Really? You're asking us to do that, really? If you say so, so if you say so, then I'll throw out the nets. You guys know the story, but I'm going to go on anyway. And when they had done this, they netted such a huge number of fish that their nets began to tear. So they signaled to their companions in the other boat to come and help them. And when these came, they filled their boats to the sinking point. Two boats full of fish, one catch. Are you kidding me? And so when Simon Peter saw this, obviously this was highly unusual. I'm sure he had never seen anything like this in his life, nothing close to it. So he fell at the knees of Jesus saying, leave me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. He, you might be thinking, what the heck? That doesn't equate. Yes, it equates because Jesus just showed up. A miracle just showed up in their midst. And, he's, and all of a sudden, he knows there's something about you. I don't know who you are really yet, but you know, if you know that, then you know me, and I know me, and I don't want you to see me. See, that's where this came from. And so he's, he's saying, away from me. And what does Jesus say? He says, he said, sorry, he says, and all of his companions were completely awestruck at the catch they had made, and, and also were James and John, son of Zebedee. But Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. It's like, yeah, you just saw a miracle, Simon. Y- yes, I am. I, I can see into your heart. 
but don't be afraid. I'm not going to shame you. My, my, I'm not here to put you in your place. I'm here to raise you up, Simon. And he said, but from now on, Simon, it's going to be people that you're catching. And so bringing their boats back to land, they left, they left everything and followed him. Jesus is showing up, you guys. He's going to show up more and more. And the more he shows up, the more we're going to be willing to leave everything and just follow him. Whatever that looks like to him, for him, for his, for his sake. So I want to get back. I want to take you back through this again <clears throat> for your life. You're, you've, you've done what you know to do. You're at the end of your resources. They fished all night long. They did what they knew how to do. Yeah. We don't know what else to do. I don't know all the backstory, but you know what? They probably had families. Even if they didn't have families, they still had needs. They didn't catch any fish last night. What are we going to do? We have, we have bills to pay. This was their livelihood. Jesus, Father, first of all, the Father points out their, points out their boats. In other words, he sees your situations. He knows, he knows what you're going through. He knows the things you're anxious about, the things you don't have answers for. And here comes Jesus. And his question is, can I get in your boat? <laughs> that's, that's what he's asking you tonight. That's what he asked me last night. Can I get in your boat? You're like, really? There's, there's nothing in here. You want to get in my boat? It's kind of dinged up. You want to get my boat? Sure. Sure, Jesus. It's yours. And then in, in the boat, you know, he, he's, he speaks the word. But then he just does something miraculous. But notice before he did that, he said, I want you to put out into the deep water. Let's, we have got to go deep together. This is where the miracles happen. See, we, we, all, we love miracles, right? We want miracles, except that miracles happen when we need one. Which means there's circumstances around it that don't feel very good. But see, how else are we going to go to that place of trust? You know? And, and, and honestly, it's hard to trust, right? Wouldn't you agree? There's many times it's hard to trust. Like, I want to trust, but it's hard to trust, right? So if we don't trust, what are we left with? We're left with the best that we have. <laughs> Which is we're up all night, and we got no fish to show for it. That's, that's my best. And he says, yeah, but that's the boat I still want to get in. Because I've seen you working hard. I know your heart is good. I know you don't know what to do. I'm here for you. Can I get in that boat? Let's go out deeper. Let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. See, deeper is where there's no, there's less, it feels less safe to us in our humanness. It's actually the safest place we can go where it's him or nothing. <laughs> That's where he's taking us. This is where he's taking us. He's saying, do you want to go there? And then, he says, throw out your nets. <laughs> I'm really curious. This is, part of, this is the curious part of me that has nothing to do with, you know, what's, I don't know. Maybe it has a lot to do with the story. But I'm kind of curious. Did he have the Aquaman thing going where he just made all the fish go into that net <laughs> from all around that lake? Anyway, that was an aside. 
Because these things actually happened. These aren't just cool stories. This actually happened. So much fish that their nets are breaking and two, and two boats are, are sinking. There's so many fish. We won't even talk about the smell, right? Okay. <laughs> That's a lot of fish. <laughs> Some people have surmised, this is quite interesting, they left everything to follow him. Some people have surmised that that amount of fish paid for their livelihood for quite a long time, for their existence, because they were just willing to go. I'm just, I'm just throwing these things out here in case you haven't thought about these things. He is more than able to take care of you and to provide for you. More than able. What he needs is our hearts. What he needs is our attention. He's like, we got to go to deep places. And it can't just be the best you got. <laughs> He's like, I love you and all. You're awesome. <laughs> I made you pretty awesome. But the best you got isn't going to take you there. Not to the places that we want to go. And by the way, he says, whatever we do together, we're going to be catching fish. We're going to be catching people. Not fish, but people, men and women. We're going to be making a difference. We're going to be reaching out to people. No matter what you're doing, that's number one goal is going deep with Jesus, falling in love with this, this, this beautiful Savior, this beautiful King. And number two, he says, and now we got to go share this. we got to go get, we got to go get people and tell them how good this is. So I just want us to stop right now and just think about your own, your own life, your own circumstances. Like I said, you know, relationships with possibly even with him. Maybe that's the thing that just feels so dry, like you've tried everything you know to do. It could be a relationship with other people, finances, jobs, you know. Ways in which you feel like I've, I've, I've exhausted my resources. I really don't know what to do. And I just want you to, to right now to see that, that whatever that situation is, is as your boat. <laughs> and the coolest thing in the world is that all of a sudden this, this, this man whose eyes are like blazing fire <laughs> This man who is so full of compassion and mercy. And, all, and of course, we're talking Jesus. He sees your boat and he walks over to you. <laughs> and he says to you, is it okay if I get in your boat? Can I get into that situation, that circumstance with you? Is that okay? And he asks you that. I just want you to, I want you to respond to him, however... You're led by the Spirit in your situation. Jesus is saying, can I come in? (sighs) (laughs) And then he speaks words of life over you. See, the enemy's game is just lies that discourage and Jesus says I have an antidote for that (laughs) it's called truth my truth the father's truth the only truth that there is it's my ability and willingness and desire to care for you in every way and when you forget who you are listen to me ask me who I say you are you're full of glory you're full of light You're full of promise. You're full of hope. 
together we are changing the world. Because light wins over darkness. You are a son. You are a daughter. You are an heir. And your inheritance is, is yours now. Listen, listen to my words of life. And then he asks you another question. He says, would you put the boat out to deeper water? It's interesting that he asked Peter to do it. He didn't do it himself because it's always our choice. It's always our choice. I mean, when you see it clearly, you wonder why there is a choice. You're like, there's no choice, really. Of course, we want to go deeper, but it doesn't feel that way all the time. And so he waits. He says, I'd really like to go deeper into the deeper waters. Can we go there? Would you put the, would you put the boat out there? And so I just want you to respond to him. What's, what's your choice? And Jesus says, will, will you, can we go out where, where it's just going to be me? <laughs> where it's got to be me, because I will not fail you. And then, as we're in the deep place, something miraculous happens. And, and I'm declaring that over you. I'm saying to each one of you, just because Jesus says it, when we go to the deep places, when you, when you let me into your boat, we go to the deep places, the miracles will come. And I, right now I'm just hearing Jesus say, you understand that when I told, <laughs> when I told Peter and his friends to, put, to throw the net in again, they had no idea what was about to happen. They really did not know. <laughs> so while the miracles will come, you don't really know what they're going to look like. And some of the ideas you have, this is where your disappointment comes. I hear him saying this. This is where your disappointment comes because you think the miracle has to happen in an, a certain way that you've pre-imagined it. But can I tell you my ways are higher still and even better? The miracles will come as we go out into the deep. And since our lives are, are to enjoy Jesus and then to go out and love people and to share the good news with people, I just want each one of us to ask the question, Jesus, where would you like me to throw the net? Just ask him. He may have an answer for you right now, but if not, he'll answer at some point. Jesus, where would you like me to throw the net? And he says to each one of you, there are places that I'm taking you, places I want you to go. There are certain certain people groups, certain age groups, certain uh, places, people in certain situations that I want you to reach and touch that only you can. Certain people in your work, the workplace, the school. There's people that I want you to touch and reach. But ask me where to throw the nets. And a lot of that has to do with even the how, the how we go about 
loving people. We learn things along the way. And he says, some of those things, they were good for a season, but I'm doing something new. So ask me. Ask me where to throw the nets. This is good. This is good. This is good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're alive. <laughs> you are life. Jesus, apart from you, there is none. <laughs> and Lord, thank you for these moments. And I pray, Jesus, even some of the, the questions we asked or some of our yeses, you heard all of them, by the way. I, I, I thank you that some of your answers will come at another time, right when we need it. Sometimes they'll come and we won't even remember we asked the question. <laughs> but they will come nonetheless because you are faithful. You are faithful. Thank you. <clears throat> thank you, thank you, Jesus. Well, that was good. Yeah. I hope you were encouraged. Yes. <laughs> I was, again. <laughs> Because Jesus is super encouraging, right? He just is. And another thing I felt on his heart for tonight is, is um, he really wants us to experience joy. Like, real joy. Uh, not just reading a good comic, you know, or something. <laughs> Seeing a good meme. Uh, but real joy. Like the joy that just comes from being flooded by his presence and knowing that he's crazy about you and that, that kind of joy, like the good stuff, the good stuff that, that circumstances can't steal, can't rob from you. And, um, and so as I was thinking about that, I thought, you know what, there's really no better joy than the good news. <laughs> the good news is just so good. It Honestly, just for me, it makes me laugh at times. And, and last week, um, Vivian just, you know, shared deeply from her heart and, and beautifully and, and really encouraged us that we do have stories to share, you know, the stories of Jesus, and that we, we really need to, to share them. Like, because people around us are, they're looking for good news. And somehow the enemy's convinced us that, it's, it's actually kind of that religious thing, you know, that um, for a long time we've been trying to, you know, hit people over the head with truth and, and win them by, you know, knocking them out and dragging them in. And that just doesn't work. But if we could just get back to the joy of Jesus and what he's done for us and just be free to share that with people, people are looking for hope. They really are. And you got it. You have it. So tonight, um, in, in kind of a, a fun way, I guess, um, by the way, this is off, but it doesn't matter. We'll just go this way. So, oh, that's not it. This is backwards. But, well, I'm just saying this, uh, it's, it's going backwards. I have to press the other, the other button. Um, but, uh, so I just thought it'd be fun. I was just at home and I thought, okay, Vivian encouraged us to share the good news. I thought, well, let's just have some fun remembering the good news then. Because we... <laughs> The good news is mostly what Jesus has done in your life and in your heart, right? I mean, that's really mostly what it is. But I just want to look at scriptures, and I thought, okay, let's just do my top five uh, good news Bible verses. And, of course, top five could change any given day depending on, you know, what's hit me that day. But, oh, thanks. Um, and so, so that's what we're going to do. And, but this is going to lead us into communion. 
And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, this is, this is what a good teacher does, by the way. Some of you, you, we have teachers in the room. A really good teacher wants to lay things out so that, so that ahead of time you know what's coming and you know what the, the answers that are required so that you do well. That's actually what a good teacher wants, right? So I'm letting you know that we're going to take communion together. And when we do, I'm actually going to have you take communion with somebody and that you're going to actually share some good news with them. I'm going to share with you what the good news is, and then you're going to share some good news with them. Why? Because we need to get used to sharing good news. And so why not in the middle of communion? Don't worry. I know, I know there's a handful. I know the percentages of introverts out here, and you're going, oh, no, oh, no. Now, this is going to be really good because I'm going to coach you, and I'm going to make it so easy, and I'm going to give you cheat sheet at the end, too. So you're good. You're good. You're going to, you're going to pass with flying colors. But the whole point of this is, is, that, is to immerse ourselves in the good news so that we're filled with joy and then just get used to sharing it freely with people. All right? We good? All right, we're good. I'm looking for some smiles. I'm looking for some happy faces. You're, some of you are still now so worried. That's the other thing. If I tell you ahead of time, now you're thinking, oh, no, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Oh, it's going to be so great. All right, here we go. Oh, still got to go the other way. Here we go. So number five, we're going to count down. Number five, Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. You see God's grace, that's the Father, God, his grace has been revealed to save the whole human race. Oh, my goodness. This is why I wanted to start with this one. Like, this isn't just for a few people. You understand that. Like, sometimes we... You have, to, you have to get the good news, not the bad news, not the not-so-good news. Sometimes we just, the way we share the good news is, well, hopefully you're in, you know? Like, the good news is that Jesus actually already did this for everybody, because this was the Father's heart for everybody. You, you have to understand that, otherwise you're kind of, you know, it's not so fun to share this news. We're going to talk later about, about how we put our faith in the good news, but it's really important you understand this was already for everybody. For the whole human race. What, what is that? Well, Jesus offered himself for us in order to ransom us, to purchase us, to buy us from all of our faults and to purify a people to be his very own and eager to do good. This is good news. Some of you may not have been in Titus lately, so I'm like, we're going to start with a book maybe you haven't read in a while. Titus. Because the good news is everywhere if you have eyes to see it. It's everywhere. All right? Here we go. Here's number four. We're going to Ephesians chapter two. I love Ephesians. Okay, it's, the sentence starts with but God. So you're like, well, what, what came before that? Well, before that, I, I just didn't want to do scripture, script, a whole bunch of scriptures. But before that was a whole bunch of verses about how we're in pretty bad shape without Jesus. Like, we've made some really bad choices and made huge messes of things. That's pretty much what it says. But God, in the midst of that, he still loved us. That is good news. With such a great love. That God still loved us with such a great love. This is, this is the essence of the good news. That's our Father. He is so rich in compassion and mercy. Even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ, and he saved us by his wonderful grace. This is the good news. By the way, you and Jesus, you're not just like this, right? You're not just this tight. 
No, because that's still two of you. This is you and Jesus. We've got to get this. Otherwise, he's still out there somewhere, and hopefully he's around when I need him. No, you're not like this. You're like this. Do you understand? This is the gospel. (laughs) You and him are one. There is no distance, no separation. At no time does he leave you. There's no point in which he is not in the boat with you. (laughs) All right? He raised us up. Who did? The Father did. We were talking about God the Father. You have to understand this, too. It wasn't like Jesus saved us from the Father. That's such terrible theology. That is bad news. The good news is that this was the Father's idea all along. And Jesus perfectly carried out the Father's heart and said they were one and the same. They were saying, this is my dad's heart. This is my heart. We're going to let you all know. Holy Spirit's heart. We're going to let you know what the truth is. The Father raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm, for we are now co-seated as one with Christ. When? Right? Now. You're like, wait a minute. Isn't this about heaven? Guess when heaven starts? The moment you say yes to Jesus, you're already experiencing the first fruits of heaven. Isn't that incredible news? You are experiencing the first fruits of heaven right now. I understand. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, uh, we see through a glass dimly. This is shadows of how glorious it's going to be. That's true. That has to be true, too. Otherwise, we're like, well, if this is all of heaven, I'm not sure I want an eternity of being stressed out over this and that. <laughs> the stressed out part is because we are not walking in the fullness of Jesus as our groom. And us as the bride who's looking adoringly in his eyes and know we're taken care of. If we don't know we're taken care of, that's where the stress comes. But he's drawing us in. He's drawing us in because we're co-seated with him right now in heavenly places. That's just some great news right there, don't you think? This is See, the good news is going to start making you happy. If you're not getting happier and more joyful, then we are not speaking the good news properly. Because good news is supposed to do that. Are you encouraged? Okay, good. I'm just looking for faces. All right, here we go. Here we go. Number three. Oh, going the wrong way again. Number three. Romans chapter five. All of Romans chapter five is amazing. I actually started with verse six and then, and then verse one and two just because I thought the order would, would tell the story better. Here we go. For when the time was right, the anointed one, Jesus, he came and he died to demonstrate his love for sinners who were what? Entirely helpless, weak, and powerless to save themselves. Can anybody picture a boat <laughs> on a shore? Okay, what we just talked about. Weak, powerless, I've done all I know how to do. He's like, yep, I know, I know, I found you there. He came and demonstrated, he, he came and paid for us when we were in that place. Our faith in Jesus transfers. There's a transfer that's already taken place. When you said yes to Jesus, when you said, Jesus, you are the son of God. You did die for me. I, I am yours. A transfer happened of God's righteousness. The father's righteousness has been transferred to us. And so now he declares us flawless in his eyes. That is incredibly good news. This is all in the scriptures. We have got to agree with who God says we are. 
I think of, okay, I'm just going to sneak one in Jude. 23 and 24 says, Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. There's a party coming when you, when you come home. And, and the, the thing you were afraid of, like, did I blow it too many times? Is God going to accept me? You're going to realize that was all a pile of garbage designed to keep you from from being the real you. That's all the enemy has is garbage to try to drown you in. That's all he's got. But you have the spirit of God living in you, which is much better news, much more powerful. So that means you're not going to stay in that place. You're going to keep coming up and you're going to realize and you're going to remember who you are. You are the flawless one because God says so. This means... That we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God. When? Oh, do you, are you seeing how important truth is? If you will agree with, with God's assessment of what truth is, that's how you start enjoying life. That's how, you, that's how you're going to experience the joy, the peace right now. All because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done for us. Our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvelous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with God. It's honestly, I think Paul didn't even have the words. He was trying to make it as all-inclusive, as, as astoundingly beautiful, gorgeous as he could think. Well, but all he had was words. He, he, remember, he met Jesus face to face. A person who, you know, kill, killed countless people. He was not a good guy. And Jesus said, I pick you. And all of a sudden, the love and the fiery eyes of Jesus got a hold of Paul. And he was never the same. And he said, I'm going to give my whole life to you, Jesus. You're worth it, Jesus. Number two, we're going back to Ephesians. Because Ephesians is just the best thing ever. Seriously, if you want to be encouraged, read Ephesians. I wanted to do the whole chapter, but I just picked, we're going to see two pages worth here, two slides. And this is from the, I, I just love the, um, the message version of this. It's every version I've ever read of this. It's just off the charts amazing. How blessed is God, our Father, and what a blessing he is. He's the Father of our Master, Jesus Christ, and he takes us to the high places of blessing in him. Remember, this is all the good news. Long before he laid down the earth's foundations, way before that, he already had you in mind. He had us in mind. He had already settled upon us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. You understand, like, we were never an afterthought. We were already in his heart from before the foundation of the earth. I, already, I, I, I know that I know that I know that's true. It doesn't make sense in our minds because we think of everything in terms of, you know, chronology and just doesn't make sense. But it doesn't, your spirit knows it's true. Don't you ever hear people when they say, you know, that that so-and-so went home to be with the Lord, right? Or we even say, man, one day I'm going to go home to be with the Lord. My question is, how can you go home unless you've already been there? I'm just giving you food for thought. In other words, this thing's a whole lot better than we are giving this credit for that we it's a whole lot better than we understand there's something he's drawing us back to 
We were always in his heart. We were always, it says it right there, we were always in his heart. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. And what pleasure he took in planning this. So God isn't that, that angry, you know, ticked off, waiting for you to do something wrong, Father, so he can put you in your place. Pleasure. Joy. He's crazy about you. He's, there's pleasure. He has pleasure over you. And he picked you to be his. And that, many of you have heard me say this, but I haven't said it in a while, so I'm going to repeat it here. That word adoption, you know, we can be thinking, well, gosh, I thought I was his child. Adoption doesn't sound so great, but adoption is wonderful. Because in the culture of the day, adoption, children who were adopted, they received all the rights of the firstborn. Adoption was not taken lightly at all. Think about this. The adopted one was given the rights of the firstborn. You... Yes, you're his son and his daughter, his actual son and daughter, but you have been given all the rights of the firstborn. Who is the firstborn of all creation? <laughs> it's Jesus. It says that in Colossians. He's the firstborn of all creation, meaning everything that's his is yours. The gospel is very consistent, by the way. You know, you can go from story to story to story, and it all starts weaving back in and around, and it all makes sense, and it all feeds in, and it's like, oh, he's saying the same thing over and over. This is his heart. And what pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. This is your father. This is the father we're introducing to other people. Not one who's ticked off with them, but one who understands their pain and understands that, that the reasons why they're sometimes making horrendous choices is because, because they're lost, because, because they've tried, they're trying, they're just listening to the world and they're in a world of hurt. And we've all been there, right? And so this is why God says, don't judge them. Do not judge them. That will push them away. But love them, bring them in, tell them about a father who wants them. And here it goes on. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we are a free people, free of penalties and punishments, chalked up by all of our misdeeds, and not just barely free either. We are abundantly free. Can you just say that with me? We are abundantly free. He thought of everything. He provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. And he set it all out before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in him, everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet earth. Does this sound all-inclusive to you? Because it does to me. It's in Christ that you, once you heard the truth and believed it, this message of your salvation, you found yourselves home free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. (laughs) good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Who are we that you would come and do this for us? But this is what he's done. And it wasn't by chance. He picked you out. It wasn't by chance. The only reason you even said yes is because he made it really almost impossible for you to say no. (laughs) It took us a while, right? I mean, if we're honest. (laughs) But he's like, no, I'm going to keep winning your heart and winning your heart and winning your heart because you're that important to me. I have to have you. Ah, good stuff. All right, and number one, I thought, why not hear from the master himself? 
We'll go to the words of Jesus. John 11, 25 and 26, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me, even though that person dies, he's talking about this flesh right here, because he's going to describe it differently in a second. But he says, even though that person dies, they will live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? There's the invitation. Do you see how, honestly, the good news, it's everything we just said. And it's so, so simple that we think it can't be, like, this can't be it. This, I just have to believe, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus, the crowds were around him. This is in the book of John. I'm not remembering right where it is right now. But in the book of John, they're around him. And, and one of them asked, Jesus, what must we do to do the works that God requires. They're still in that total performance. We better do the right thing or we're toast. Mentality. What must we do to do the works God requires? And Jesus' answer was, the work of God is this. Believe in the one he has sent. That's it. It doesn't... I I appreciate, you know, the the four spiritual laws in this season, especially that that brought in a lot of people and, you know, Jesus, forgive me of my sins and da-da-da-da. Those are actually really important things to do in relationship. We ask, you know, to repent and, and to, to ask Jesus to, to, to cleanse you and take thoughts out of you that aren't him. Those are all really good things to do. But honestly, it's simpler than that. It really is. You are the Christ. Where Peter says, you are, you are the son of the living God. You're, you're the guy. You're the one that was sent to make everything right. I believe you. I want to follow you. See, he's not, he's not, it's, not, it's not a specific prayer you pray that saves you. It's, a, it's, it's something in you that knows it's right, that knows he's the Savior, and that says, i got to have you. And Jesus says, that is so great. You're in, because i got to have you, because I had to have you first. <laughs> I'm so glad you agreed. That's it. And then... Of course, that's not it, because then our life just gets better and better. You know? He starts showing us things that are not congruent, not consistent with, with our life in Christ. But he doesn't get pissed off with us. Can I say that here? He doesn't. Good, I got a reaction. That's good. It's not what he does. He's like, oh, come on, you forgot who you are. You're hurting yourself. You're hurting people around you with choices you're making. There's a much better way. And it isn't about you cleaning you up. It's about you inviting me into the places that you can't. That's the gospel. That's the good news. So that when you approach the throne, and you will, and you will, and and you're going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And he's going to say, I brought you here flawless and innocent because I told you I would. That's good news. (laughs) So we're going to take communion tonight. (laughs) And Todd, you can come on back up. I just, yeah, I felt so strongly tonight. We just needed to take communion. And (sighs) because communion common union communion so it's our common union with christ forever never breaking never ceasing and it's our common union with each other 
Because you're in Christ, I'm in Christ. You're in Christ, I'm in Christ. That means we are actually already one. We just need to see it the way the Lord does. And if we would see that, we would stop in a myriad of ways on the earth making it about us and them. We would stop alienating each other. We would stop finding reasons to say, you're on that side of the fence and I'm on this side of the fence. We do it with politics. We do it with, I mean, that's the obvious one. But there, there's a myriad of ways in which we do that. And the Lord says, don't you get it? I'm not here to take sides. I'm here to take over. (laughs) And his version of taking over isn't causing everyone, you know, to turn to dust. His version of taking over is, I'm going to take over every single heart so that it will be what my father and I always wanted, which is everybody actually loving each other and honoring each other and seeing the treasures in each other. We're going to disagree about a lot of things, right? I mean, that's true, but can we love? Can we honor? So that's what he comes to do. And so communion, common union, means is that we're agreeing that we are one with him. And we're also agreeing that, Lord, we're actually one with humanity. Like we're not just those who are in Christ. I mean, we could stop there, but that's not even true yet. We're... Colossians says that everything, everything has life only because Jesus is in it. Everything. Every person. So even before people know who Jesus is, the only reason they're walking, existing, breathing is because of the life of Jesus in them. So this is why we can love people and see the treasures in them long before they come to Jesus. Right? Because they're, they're already filled with his life. They just don't know it yet. So... As we, um, okay, can you turn it on from there? I just want to go to the next slide. Yeah, one more. Perfect, thank you. They'll get back to it. Um, these were just bullet points that I made from things we just read in the scriptures, but they were mine. Like I just pulled out something here, pulled out something there. Because, again, in just a minute, as, as we take communion, you're going to actually be sharing, um, you know, with each other. You're going to look into somebody's eyes and actually just tell them truth about who they are. You don't have to use any of these, but I just wanted to, like I told you, I was going to give you a cheat sheet, right? So you would know what to say. Some things you could say. But you could look into their eyes and say, Jesus has purified you to be his very own. That's a great thing. That's truth. God saved you by his wonderful grace. You are co-seated with Christ as one with him. Jesus died for you to demonstrate his love for you. Because of what he's done, you are forgiven. You are flawless. You are righteous. You are the focus of God's love. You are made whole and holy by his love. Because of Jesus' blood poured out on the altar of the cross, you are abundantly free. Jesus is your life. And because you believe in Jesus, you will never die. We actually read all those in scripture. So now you know where they came from. A lot of times your, your conversation with people can be seasoned with truth. The more that you just allow his word to get inside of you, then it just starts popping out places. So we're going we're gonna to get to that in just a moment. What I, what I want in, um, we're going to be singing. Um, I asked Todd if he would lead us in, um, Lord, I give you my heart just as our way of responding to him because I told you it really is that easy it's just I believe you so Lord I give you my heart I give you my soul I'm yours just tell him and and because he loves it by the way 
And then as we do at some point, um, we're gonna towards the end of the song, we're gonna start passing out the um, the bread and the cup. Just take one of each, um, and then then I'm gonna have you in a moment. You know, we're gonna yeah, just hold on to it as we're doing it. We're not gonna pass them out just quite yet, but when they come, just hold on to it, okay? So Lord, um, as we as we uh, sing this together, as we just open our hearts up to you, thanks for. Thanks for your your life and your hope tonight in so many ways. Thanks for um, letting us know you're you are in our boat with us, and that you are taking us out to deeper places because it's where we want to go with you. And Jesus, as we um, just remember the good news, the good news, the good news of who you are and what you've done for us, we just want to respond by saying, "Absolutely, Jesus, we give you our, we give you our hearts." This is my desire to honor you, Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. Have 
trust you. That's why we can sing a song like this. Because we trust you. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. So um, we're just going to start to pass out the um, communion elements. And in addition to bread, just so you know, there's um, gluten-free crackers should you need that option as it's going around. And um, so I'm going to, and as you, can you put the other slide back up, Tina, the one of the, the last slide I had? So um, just, a, just a couple, yeah, go ahead and start passing them out. Okay, and, and uh, just a, a little bit more instruction is... Um, you know, be led by the Spirit, meaning if you want to go across the room to somebody, go across the room. Um, if you want to, you know, can you, is it okay if you do this with your spouse? Absolutely, if you want to. If you'd rather not, you know, because just to experience and, um, you know, to share truth with somebody else, that's okay too. So there's no right and wrong here. You could do what you want. Now, the main thing I want to get across, and the reason why I have this back up here again, is because as we're, no, go ahead and pass them out. I, I need everyone to have them. I, I'm just I'm kind of stalling <laughs> with some instruction while everybody gets the elements. Um, the main thing that's that's important is I, I want you to look into their eyes. Even if you have to look up at the screen for a minute to get a thought, that's fine. But look back in their eyes. Sometimes what happens is you know we make everything a prayer with our eyes closed. Sometimes it's just you know. Sometimes it's a little easier to close their eyes. But I would rather you look into somebody's eyes and tell them who they are, what Jesus has done for them. And it doesn't have to be a big, long speech at all. And, um, and so you can decide, like, I don't want to give you too many options. And people think, what am I supposed to do? Um, let me just say this. You can... You can do it one at a time or both or both together, meaning if you want, one of you can speak to the to one person, the other one can speak, and then you both take it together. Or if you'd rather, one of you can speak into the person the truth of the good news, let them take communion, give them some time, and then they can turn around and do that for you. Either way is totally okay. Just agree together what how, how you want to do that. Did that make sense? Any questions? Pretty much just just let the joy of Jesus start flowing out into the person you're looking at. <laughs> Let them know how good the good news is for them. And then, Lord, I'm praying that as we do this now and as we agree that we are one with you, Jesus, that your blood sacrifice was enough, that we are one with you and right with the Father, that, God, we will take this good news out with us everywhere we go, unashamedly, with lots of joy. just about there.
Okay. So in a couple of minutes, we're going to give you, I'm going to give you, I don't know, like maybe say five minutes. If you don't need that time, no problem. Um, but just to make sure you have enough time, three to five minutes, let's say that. And then um, we're going to bring you back in with a song. That's going to focus us back in this way, okay? So go ahead and find somebody to look into their eyes and tell them the good news and take communion together. And if you want to, you can totally pray for each other too.